0: Hi everybody, I'm Jen Johnson and this is Thought by Thought Healing where I talk about everything related to mind-body syndrome and TMS and recovering from chronic symptoms and I love a good success healing story and today I have that. So today I am interviewing Robert Enzor, who's going to talk about his story of having a million different symptoms and even having five doctors say that they thought that he had an autoimmune disease and being able to recover from all of those. He had a ton of food sensitivities and um, recovered completely and now eats whatever he wants to so we get into a lot of variety of different discussions in this including the role of journaling and we talk about what he believes to be the source of uh, of, uh, that fear voice in his life and um, it's really interesting conversation so I hope that you enjoy and I hope that you feel inspired and encouraged that you too can do this journey and you can heal from your own symptoms. All right guys, thanks for watching and I will talk to you later, bye. All right, let's get started. So today I have a guest named Robert Enzer with me today. So thank you, Robert, for being here.
1: Thanks for having me.
0: I love to hear a good healing story, which everybody does. So um, let's get started with just a little bit about your, your story, your symptoms, things like that.
1: Yeah. It's a very long story, a long and complicated story. So I will, Mm -hmm. uh, I'll try and keep it brief. Okay. Um, So, yeah, I mean, it really started in childhood with various food intolerances, citrus intolerance and a a steadily growing list of intolerances and um, steadily worsening hip and back pain but it didn't get really bad until February, 2019, um, when I just finished writing writing a novel. And my back hurt terribly uh, just getting up out of a chair. I mean, the the pain persisted for weeks. It just kept going on and on. So I went to see an osteo and uh, osteopath. She thought I had ankylosing spondylitis and um, not an Mm -hmm. official diagnosis by any means.
0: Can you can you tell us what um yeah. just for people who don't know what what is that and what would from um from what your symptoms were why would she assume that that's what you had quote unquote
1: Well yeah I had digestive difficulties to put it mildly and um okay. very bad back pain that just wouldn't go away for weeks mm-hmm. And um ankylosing spondylitis is basically autoimmune arthritis of the spine and autoimmune diseases uh, where the the immune system attacks usually a joint or just any kind of tissue depending on the disease and um yeah so yeah I I, I, go- I got back home and I googled ankylosis spondylitis as these, we all do all these pictures of crooked spines and I got told that my spine was going to turn into bamboo and what have you yeah oh. uh, the symptoms did fit I mean but it was by no means an official diagnose, diagnosis.
0: Okay.
1: Yeah. And um, so with, with autoimmune disease, the mainstream medicine says basically they're incurable and just, you know, they want to manage the inevitable decline with uh, keep it as painless as possible with various medications. The, the only option that the mentally mainstream option that holds out hope for a full reversal of symptoms is the autoimmune paleo uh, functional medicine approach, which is diet-based. So the idea is you take a diet that starves your bad bacteria, and um, this somehow prevents inflammation from occurring and um, reverses the disease. Okay. Did you try that? Yeah, I went for that approach. And um, because they have success stories, you know, people who kind of reverse the disease to the point where they've got few or no symptoms but they've got to maintain this incredibly strict diet um supplement regimen
0: yeah
1: um but you know that seemed pretty good at the time so it was in a bad way and um and it did work to begin with you know i i got relief i would call it placebo relief to be honest in light yeah. of everything else that happened later on i'm so, curious uh, yeah, go on. since
0: since you brought up placebo, um I'm curious if yeah. you feel like you experienced a nocebo effect from her um her uh, diagnosis. I know you weren't officially diagnosed with that, but her suspicion that that's what you had. Do you think oh. you had a nocebo response? Oh, Did your symptoms yeah. get worse? Okay, yeah,
1: definitely. and um with all the doctors I saw later, I mean, five doctors thought I had autoimmune, but was never actually confirmed. um
0: oh, wait, five doctors thought you had. And autoimmune disease, yeah
1: yeah, yeah, I mean, some said celiac some said Crohns, and then you had the the Crohns was the the leading contender, that okay um yeah, and yeah, and I, I got a nocebo effect out of it, but it's important to remember that I only got the nocebo because I believed them, yeah, and I started to heal when I basically dismissed maybe not the diagnosis, but at least the idea that it's the prognosis the idea yeah. it's incredible that's when i really st- and that was you know when i found Sana, which is much later in the story um okay. so anyway getting back to the whole thing with the diet basically what would happen is i would drop a certain food it started with lactose i dropped dairy and i suddenly felt so much better i thought yeah. wow this is definitely it right yeah like people are correct yeah and those were very naive didn't understand placebos at the time and um basically i I still gradually got worse over time, and I got temporary relief every time I dropped another food group like gluten, and then eventually I had to drop starch, you know which is a big one I mean yeah. very difficult to live without starch and um
0: and your your life yeah. is getting smaller and smaller. But yeah. but each time you're doing it, you're having this this relief of symptoms, so it seems to be encouraging you to continue yeah, exactly. to go down this path. Exactly.
1: Yeah, mm-hmm. that's exactly what happened. But this is the yeah. thing. I mean, where there's a placebo, there's a nocebo. If you're reliant on some externality, or especially with you know TMS type things, if you're reliant on an externality to make you feel better. Mm-hmm. You, you know like i say avoiding a food if you then have that food or something like it all of a sudden you've got terrible symptoms
0: yeah right so
1: every predictive
0: coding turns yeah in,
1: turns into an nocebo they are completely interconnected so anyway um yeah eventually i went to the doctor um because my my acupuncturist talked me into it acupuncture was was another interesting episode because the first time I went I got I got um quite a big improvement the second time it was horrendous yeah I was paralyzed with pain it was awful
0: okay to clarify your story so you I thought you had gone to five doctors are we going back in, in so this we, story? We're
1: going back in time. Yeah. Okay. It's a gotcha. complicated story. It's yeah. really, is. I've have, have it all written out. Otherwise it just becomes a mess. <laughs> so yeah. Anyway, eventually I, I started going to doctors and um, they thought I had, um, yeah, they thought I had autoimmune disease. One of them, a functional medicine doctor said that I was the worst autoimmune patient he'd ever seen. Uh, ever.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah,
1: that's a dubious honor.
0: Yes, and and knowing what we know, I mean, that's just gonna send your body further into fight or flight and symptoms. So, yeah, not yeah, helpful.
1: But, yeah, big mm-hmm. nocebo. But uh, you know, ultimately, I, I had to believe him, and uh, I did did uh, various tests. Uh, my GP talked about Gilbert syndrome, which you know is a mild, benign liver abnormality that doesn't really cause any symptoms okay so was obviously pointless um the, he wanted to do a gluten test and you know believing what i did about diet at the time if i'd eaten gluten at that time i probably would have wound up in a hospital or at mm-hmm. least i would have had much worse symptoms for two weeks let's let's say maybe two weeks
0: yeah which just yeah. confirms what we are always saying in mind body that their symptoms are real you're yeah. really experiencing these things
1: yeah, um, yeah. And um so uh, yeah, and I went for an ultrasound and that was pointless and uh there was that nothing showed up. And uh eventually I got around to a gastroenterologist who wanted to do a gastroscopy, basically shove a camera tube down my throat to see if I had a a bleeding or perforated ulcer, um, anything urgent that needed um repair. Okay. And also he also wanted to do an x-ray um to see why I couldn't, you know, bend and I couldn't get up off the um the the bed thing. So both of these okay. procedures were cancelled due to lockdown.
0: Okay. okay.
1: But you know, at that at that point, I was glad because every time I saw a doctor, I got worse and you know they kept making these concerned noises and throwing out these diagnoses that were very dire and incurable even though nothing was ever confirmed uh so i uh, at that point i just wanted to go it alone and and do it on my own um and lockdown really gave me the excuse okay it was actually pretty good for me
0: what does that mean you wanted to go it on your own
1: because well, you, you hadn't know,
0: discovered tms yet right
1: no no i figured at that point i could still do it with diet but you know wow. it happened okay um but I, I basically I, I wanted to do it on my own because I just kept getting worse every time I saw a doctor. And oh, yeah. also the the um getting around the hospital. You know, I needed a wheelchair to get around this giant hospital one time to go for that pointless ultrasound. And that was very demoralizing. I could kind of hobble around my house and just about get up the stairs. But to go long distances, I needed a wheelchair.
0: Okay. So you were you were um massively impacted in your diet because your yeah. your primary symptoms were 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 they pain and like abdominal well, pain where yeah,
1: i've got a full list here of all the symptoms it was severe chronic back and hip pain chest pain accompanied by a shortness of breath anxiety depression mm-hmm. gingivitis insomnia frequent urination mm-hmm. wisdom related infections as well okay. um Intolerant to almost everything, you know, gluten, lactose, starch, eggs, soy, onion, nightshade, artificial sweeteners, even citrus. Um, And then I had like IBS type diarrhea and constipation, headaches, uh, severe chronic fatigue, um, cold intolerance, uh, uh, massive foot swelling at one point, urinary pain, uh, dizziness, wrist and hand pain, which, you know, they may, if, if I'd really gone into it, they may have said repetitive strain or something. Was or so it tunnel. fair
0: to say like all over body symptoms?
1: Uh, almost, yeah. I mean, yeah, it was, I was a complete mess. Yeah,
0: okay. <laughs> and, um, I'm sorry, I'm really sorry.
1: Well, yeah, I mean, ultimately, of course, it's it was worth it in the end. Mm-hmm. So yeah, there's a happy ending. Yeah. Thankful. Okay, um,
0: so here you are. Then yeah. it's lockdown, and your procedures are are cancelled. Thank goodness. Yeah. Um, and yeah. um, are you? What happens?
1: Well, at that point, basically, um, I was completely desperate, and I, um, yeah, I, I, I was raised Church of England Anglican, uh, but like most okay. Anglicans, at that point, I was an agnostic okay well like most people are you know kind of Chris, uh christened anglican and all that kind of thing you know pretty much agnostic but i was i was so desperate that i i prayed i promised christ i would spread whatever message he wanted me to spread if i recovered
0: Mm -hmm. and then
1: Mm -hmm. shortly after that i get a um well I, i i got more resolve as well i just kind of decided that I was sick of being so pessimistic about everything. And I just had to believe that I would recover.
0: Yeah. Okay.
1: I, I just got sick of it. I, I couldn't stand the idea that I was going to be stuck, paralyzed in unbearable pain from every direction, for maybe years and years slowly starving to death. I, I couldn't stand it. It was, there was, um, and also yeah. I, I couldn't take the mainstream medical approach because I couldn't even have, you know ibuprofen painkillers because they had a little, they have a little bit of starch in them, right? Mm-hmm. That set me off and gave me pain and abdominal pain. You know maybe diarrhea. So um, I was kind of stuck. There was there was like no other way out basically. So anyway, I uh, I get a recommendation from Amazon, <laughs> um, John Sarno's book Healing Back Pain. Yep. And um, you know. I was reading the reviews and people healed just from reading it. So I figured, well, look, I mean, you could, you don't get side effects from reading a book, which I think is a Mark Sofa quote. I thought okay. the same thing. You don't get side effects from reading a book. I get side effects from everything else. Anything I have to put in my body is kind of a no-no at this point. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, why not? Let's let's give it a whirl. So I bought the book and also it's short. Mm. So I bought the book, but I, I left it on my nightstand for two months, because I couldn't quite get my head around it at the time, it was like he's talking about back pain, chronic pain. I thought I had autoimmune disease, so I I didn't think it. I was in the right kind of. Um, I I didn't think I was the right demographic for the book, mm-hmm. although I did have back pain. I thought, oh, it's it's, it's inflammatory. And it's, it's not me. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and and also I struggled to get my head around the idea that all of these symptoms were psychogenic originated in the mind because yeah it was so, so diffuse systemic everywhere
0: yeah what was your hold up with that like what was it about that that you couldn't understand was it scientifically or was like a kind of like a that can't possibly be me it can be other people but not me
1: well yeah I, I guess there, there always is an element of um there's an element of kind of vanity that you, you don't want to think you've got psychological problems right
0: what is that about like, why is it that it's more prestigious that we can have physical yeah. have physical pain, but it's considered weak to to be emotionally injured by things that happen to us? I, I it doesn't make any sense to me, but
1: I hear you. Yeah. It's it's the desire for approval. Yeah. It's conformity, which is which is at the root of all of all these problems. It's the desire to for others to approve and um, the fear of disapproval, the fear of people thinking, you oh, you're crazy or something.
0: I want you to say that again. It is the desire for approval that is at the root of all this.
1: Yes, yeah, the, the desire for approval, for love and approval and to be liked, basically, and the, the fear of disapproval and isolation that causes repression is really is the root cause of it.
0: I'll have to if think you... about that. I, I I definitely think that is true for a large number of people.
1: Um, yeah, that's the main myself. obstacle as well. What? Uh, that's the main obstacle to healing as well, as well as causing repression. Because, I mean, you wouldn't repress something that is socially desirable. Like, there would be no threat of condemnation. You know what I mean?
0: hmm mm-hmm. the kind of
1: socially undesirable or unacceptable things that get repressed.
0: Mm-hmm yeah okay keep going so okay uh, so
1: anyway yeah basically uh i, I finally was persuaded to read Sano when i had a dream and i dreamed for a while before this i've been dreaming about eating bread and chocolate which of course being severely gluten intolerant i just thought what what is this you know yeah. why am i dreaming about this is it just wish fulfillment like i wish i could eat bread um but i can't but actually it was my unconscious suggesting to me this is what you should do mm-hmm. and then i and then the penny dropped you know when it all clicked when i had another dream which was um that i was on a podcast and i was holding up Sano's book saying diet's okay but this is better you, know, you better mind- do
0: you. you better uh, just do that now i'm sure you have a sarno book in front of you right
1: oh no i haven't but um oh yeah i do actually oh thank goodness <laughs> my body prescription
0: okay, yeah, okay there we right, go
1: let's, let's make the dream come true then
0: i think mine
1: yeah
0: oh nope it's not it's over there never mind okay
1: either well, one, anyway, the diet's way it's okay but this is the stuff you know this yeah, is better yeah so, yeah yeah dream come true and um it was that dream that persuaded me to read sarno basically because i I had a bit of an inkling about dream analysis and that there was something in dreams and um so yeah i I read sarno and um basically i kind of yeah it it made a lot of sense to me and i but it wasn't until i started applying what he was saying to myself and started thinking about repressed emotions that I really started getting an improvement. Yeah, and uh, and then I, I went for a, a three and a half mile walk um, with my mom, talking about repressed emotions from years ago. And three and a half miles for me at that time was a massive deal. I, I was, was able to to keep going without much pain. There was a dull pain in the background, but it didn't stop me from walking like it used to. Yeah, okay. So at that point, I was convinced. I mean, that yeah. was proof.
0: Yep. Yeah.
1: And really from, from then on, I didn't really have any any, any doubt that that this was it, because it was just so obvious. When you get that big an improvement in symptoms, it was just so much bigger than anything I'd had with my my diet, you know.
0: Okay, so really- at this point in time, you're you've gone for the three and a half mile walk and yeah. you're sold on TMS. Um mm-hmm that belief, uh, I'm just curious of your perspective on how um how important that was that belief that you had that it was TMS. Yeah. How important was that for your healing progress and or journey um in the grand scheme of things? What role do you think um, knowing that you have TMS plays in this?
1: I think it's absolutely crucial. And to be honest, um you you do see cases where people have psychotherapy, but they don't make a link between the repressed emotions that they're expressing in therapy mm-hmm. and their physical symptoms, and they sometimes they get some improvement physically, but more often than not, it's kind of insignificant, yeah, so I think that tells us really that the belief in a mind or knowledge. I mean, really, and the link between mind and body is crucial.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: Absolutely crucial.
0: So did you doubt, like, okay, so I, I hear you saying that you, you believed it was TMS. Um, going forth from there, did you have any moments of doubt where you had to struggle with this and reconcile anything?
1: Um, not serious doubts, but at one point, um, my foot swelled up massively. Okay. Like I- maybe fifty percent bigger than it usually is. And then the other one swelled up. And it's so there's it was so big that I struggled to put my uh shoes on. But ah. I, I kept walking, forced my limp around five miles and forced myself to keep walking. Yeah. But uh you know it was quite concerning. But I would read about symptom imperative in Sano and it just mm-hmm. fit a bill. it's like yeah. you know I I conceive of um the idea of symptoms as a distraction from repressed emotions, which is the core of Sano's core concept. Yeah. And it's the idea is I'd seen through the, the, the back pain distraction. So I had another distraction thrown at me.
0: Yeah.
1: I fell outside yeah. the standard range of disorders that Sano talks about. You know, he doesn't really talk about massive feet, <laughs> you know, feet swelling up.
0: Yeah. I, and, I, and I just want to, pause and just connect with you a little bit on this. Cause I think I, yeah. I was similar to you in that I, as soon as I saw and understood TMS, I was like, that's, that is a hundred. Yeah. This, this all makes yeah. sense. And that's me. And I, and although there were times that, you know, I went like, I wonder if this could be the symptom imperative. And there was a bit of wondering, I definitely chose to just buy in. And mm. I think that that served me very well. I didn't yeah. have foot things but i had a lot of other things like that that would come come my way and i would just say this is probably tms it's probably the yeah. symptom imperative and i'm curious for you as you treated your foot swelling um how did that pan out for you when you treated it like it was tms
1: well uh you know it 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 took me about 2 weeks to get rid of it and uh, the the how i got rid of it was by journaling about um grief because my dad died of, a- of ALS when I was um, okay. mm. 19, I think. And okay. um, so I started journaling about that. And uh, as a, as I was journaling, within 10 minutes, my foot deflated as if someone had stuck a pin in a whoopee cushion. Al- almost to normal.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: Swelling just went down. And, you know, at that point, it was obvious that, you know, basically whatever whatever gets thrown at me, this is symptom imperative. Just keep going
0: yeah okay so journaling um journaling sounds like it was a big part of your journey yeah,
1: well yeah yeah it was it was very useful um but i i overdid it you know i oh, kept doing did it for for 15 months okay i, I turned it into a, a ritual so it's like a replacement for the diet kind of thing albeit a much better replacement than barely eating anything Okay. It was much better than sticking to this ridiculous diet. It was uh-huh. to an hour a day of journaling. But it was it was literally just a, a kind of a replacement placebo after a while anyway. Mm-hmm. Um in the if I if I skipped the session, I'd wake up the next morning. Well, I'd have insomnia for one, and I'd feel terrible and I'd have symptoms, and then I'd have to journal again to get rid of it.
0: That's very interesting. Um did you use visualizing much in your healing journey?
1: No, I, I I kind of used that towards the end when I was already pretty much healed and just had some niggling symptoms. And then that replaced the journaling. That was the, that was the next ritual placebo that I kind of replaced journaling with.
0: So how did you, so, okay, so I, I get this. So your brain had become reliant on journaling for safety. And how did you, how did you move out of uh, that space then?
1: Yeah, I, I believe that basically my interpretation of Sano at that time was you need to express the repressed emotions, which is not strictly true. In fact, the majority of his patients didn't have to do that. At least they didn't need psychotherapy or journaling. They just needed to um, they just needed to accept his diagnosis, believe they had TMS, understand that it's a distraction from repressed emotions and resume full normal activities
0: Mm -hmm. that's what the
1: majority of them had to do
0: Mm -hmm. so when you look uh, back do you feel like you didn't need to do your journaling
1: not for that long anyway
0: not for that long yeah and
1: you know i mean you hear stories of people healing with all kinds of methods um people do get good results with diets you know people get results with um with all kinds of things Uh, surgeries and um, medications even people improve with medications and the common denominator and journaling and meditation and visualizing and the common denominator across all of these different approaches is that people believe in them you know it works if you believe in it and so that is why i emphasize belief as being the most crucial factor because i mean everyone who improves or heals is is doing it whether consciously or unconsciously they believe they can heal because they believe in whatever method they picked mm-hmm. if you see what i mean
0: i do see what you mean mm-hmm.
1: now, there's obviously more than a placebo effect in certain therapies because they do placebo controlled trials but even so um yeah i think belief is very important and I think it's just because I believed I had to keep journaling. And that if I didn't, I'd get more symptoms coming back. And also by, by maintaining these rituals, what I was doing was, like I said, every placebo can turn into an nocebo. So if you rely on journaling or, or whatever, or meditate, whatever, you, diet, let's say, yeah. to feel good, then by definition, if you kind of lapse in your regimen, if you forget to journal or you eat a banned food um, or you forget to meditate, you, you then feel worse. Mm-hmm. So it's, um, by giving externalities, the power to make you feel better, you also give them the power to make you feel worse. Mm-hmm. And for me, anyway, the, the only thing that wasn't a placebo was the certain knowledge that the power to heal lies within. And finally, only recently have I got rid of all the rituals completely.
0: So in in the earlier part of our interview you talked about um uh, becoming Christian. So I'm curious how how does God play into that for you if the if the power is within which which I am not disagreeing with you but how does God what is where where's God in that story?
1: Um well, I think the the crucial turning point for me was what I call the divine bargain where I I basically uh, promised Christ I'd spread whatever message he wanted me to spread if I recovered. And I think that kind of um, spiritual element is why I was able to have so much faith that I could recover when I found Sarno. I, th- I think that uh, that that gave me the belief.
0: So he gave you the power to believe that you could that you could that you could heal
1: yeah uh-huh yeah, okay. i think that was it really um and uh you know you you read about this in the bible with um the woman who, who had a hemorrhage for 12 years and touches jesus clothes <laughs> and then he turns around and he turns around and says your faith has made you well yeah but so the mm-hmm. idea is it was her faith that made her well and um that faith and belief really is the crucial factor in those healings mm-hmm.
0: yeah and in that case her faith is in him right
1: yeah but also you know christ had total faith that he could do it when he approached a sick person you know, he he knew he could do it mm-hmm. so it's his belief yeah, he... on, faith faith on both ends really
0: okay okay yeah, so think... sorry go ahead i'm cutting you off
1: um yeah no no carry on yeah
0: so we you you mentioned um, grief, and what what when you were talking about repressed emotions and journaling, which you do, it sounds like you do value your time in journaling.
1: Oh yeah, I mean yeah, it was a it was a it was a ritual, but it was a far better ritual than the diet, and it was at the time I needed it because at the time I didn't understand that you know so many different things are placebos, and
0: would you and suggest that people. Sorry. Yeah. Would you suggest then that people if you were walking with somebody who was in chronic pain, would you suggest journaling?
1: I would, first of all, recommend Sarno's books. And then you've got the once you've had a pretty comprehensive education. And. Um, if, if that doesn't do it for you, if you don't start making serious progress there, then something like journaling or meditation can help definitely because i mean this is just human nature people kind of need rituals they need they need to do something or have an externality because it makes it easier to believe you can heal if you're doing something now it's it's not strictly necessary if you um to do all these things but you know looking back at, at the time for me it was because of my level of understanding I didn't understand that belief really is this important at that time. So therefore I needed to do, I needed to rely on certain activities. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I'm, I'm not dissing journaling or anything. I mean, they're they are very useful tools and yeah. Um, yeah, I needed it for many months. So, yeah. yeah.
0: So you worked through um, in your journaling, what, um, what primary emotions um, I know you mentioned grief. Um, what, What would you say your top two emotions that you worked through in journaling was?
1: Yeah, um, uh, grief and anger. So I had a lot of repressed anger because I was bullied severely at school and, uh, you know, just kind of forgot about it. Thought, oh, well, that's school. You know, most people get bullied and just kind of rationalized it away and forgot about it. Okay. It wasn't until I I journaled about it that I realized just how angry I was. Mm -hmm. and I started improving. You know, I, I could eat more. I could um exercise more. The pain went down. so oh, yeah.
0: would you exp- did you experience that relief in symptoms like pretty um, right after journaling, or what was that like for you?
1: Oh, instantaneously, as I was journaling, okay. In- and was it just releasing it? yeah, yeah, i was I was expressing the emotions in a fairly blunt manner. Like, I'm furious at so-and-so for such-and-such. Yeah, I'd get specific and I'd be I'd be blunt about it rather than, you know, mincing words and trying to be nice about it. Because, of course, it's just a journal. Nobody else sees it. You can burn the pages. You can destroy it. Right.
0: Yeah. yeah. Did you go back and stand up for yourself?
1: Oh, what do you mean? Like confront a bully?
0: In your journaling.
1: Oh, um, not so much. Hmm. not so much it was It was more just um reliving the memories even helped hmm. just hmm. writing down in detail the memories of what happened yeah and also yeah expressing a bit of anger and, and then some grief.
0: and what about grief did did working through grief and journaling did uh sorry grief and anger were they both expressed through journaling for you or was there any other um, ways that you just want to share with people that were helpful for you in kind of processing those repressed emotions. Yeah.
1: Well, um, like yeah, I, I did have the occasional talk with my mom, but most of it was, uh, journaling really. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. It was, it was journaling, and I kind of applied some of the ISTDP, which I picked up from uh, Dr. Schubiner's book and. Yes. Um, Arlene Feinblatt's section in the Divided Mind. Um. I kind of applied that um, to journal. And I figured, okay. well, it's all just about expressing the emotions. You don't really need a therapist necessarily to express those emotions if you can identify them yourself. Yeah, and just write about it. Isn't that effectively the same as talking about it?
0: Yeah, yeah, that's very interesting. Okay, um, I have two qu- two more questions for you. Um, mm-hmm. in the in the anger part of it, was did um, did forgiveness ever? come up for you was that a part of
1: it in, in in the main kind of healing phase where i i made like 95 percent progress uh no I, I was getting so much mileage out of expressing the anger that i figured if i if i forgave that would somehow be repressing so it, it wasn't necessary to heal but um eventually yeah i, I did forgive at some point you've just got to let it go you know yeah And that had psychological benefits Not so much physical, because at that time, I was pretty much mostly recovered.
0: That makes sense to me. Definitely psychological. And I would say that, you know,
1: um, when you express anger, you you haven't really got rid of it. You know, it's not fully purged from the system.
0: No, it's just not repressed anymore.
1: Yeah. I mean, forgiveness kind of helps to really get out and purge it. Yeah. Move on from it. Helps you to
0: integrate and then move on in life.
1: But it's, yeah, the ISTDP is quite good in that you you express the anger before you forgive. I mean, if you just jump straight to forgiveness and it's some, some really big trauma, then.
0: Yeah, especially but, when you don't know what you're right. forgiving. Yeah. Like
1: yeah. The,
0: the impacts of somebody's actions. We need yeah. to forgive them for the impacts that they had on us. And I love that about ISTDP because you're recognizing that before you're jumping to that.
1: Um, yeah it's it's a pretty comprehensive sweep of all the emotions and just gets it all out so yeah it's uh it's good
0: okay so i want to revisit this um going back to the beginning you were autoimmune disease um diagnoses were thrown around with you the lockdown happens you you don't get the test that would give you a diagnosis. So you, we don't know for you what you would have gotten.
1: Oh, I'm a mystery. I'm a complete, I'm an enigma.
0: Right. But, but I am curious since, I mean, I have a similar story to you in as far as like how many symptoms and how small it made my life. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I yeah. didn't have any autoimmune disease diagnoses thrown at me Um. And so I am, I am curious, um, for you, as you come out of this, do you think that autoimmune diseases are part of mind body? Um, what's your perspective on that?
1: Well, I I had a client, um, I do a bit of mind body coaching. I I had a client, um, Aussie who he's a success story. He's he's gone public with it. So I, I and, um, he had ankylosing spondylitis for twenty years, com- medically confirmed, totally diagnosed officially, with scans proving that he had a degenerated cartilage. Of course, over twenty years it was pretty bad, and blood tests showing high inflammation. You know, he he, he had AS, yeah. And um, after four consultations with me, um, he's pain free. He doesn't have symptoms. Yeah so I mean that's that's all the evidence I need yeah but there is scientific evidence though I mean not no smoking gun of course but there is some evidence like there's there's plenty of evidence showing that stress causes inflammation um and pretty much everyone agrees in the medical world that stress is a factor that it plays a right. role in Right. Immune- heart disease, cancer, all these big chronic illnesses. Uh, And then they generally say, there's also genetics and diet and what have you. Um, But, you know, what we now know about epigenetics, how genes can be switched on and off, depending on stress, environmental factors, how they're processed by the brain.
0: Yes. Yes,
1: please. Yeah. So, yeah, um, there is some evidence. And there's also a study by um, Smythe and colleagues, showing that uh, the, the a written emotional disclosure study, and they had about 50 or so rheumatoid arthritis patients who wrote about the most stressful event in their life. I think they only had four sessions. So this was maybe an hour or two hours of writing. And there was an average improvement in, in their symptoms and overall disease activity. So including inflammation levels of 28 percent and that was only with a couple hours of journaling
0: can you um after this interview is over can you send me the links of the books we've talked about and that link to that research year um...
1: yeah there's a lot of the research in my um recovery memoir the mind solution there's the, a the load of stuff in there but i will send you the link separately
0: Great. Okay. And then that's a great transition too. You have written a a few, a couple books. So let's briefly talk about them. Um, Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Well, yeah, there's the Mind Solution, the recovery memoir. I've got that here. Um, Okay. um, Nice butterfly on the front. And um, yeah, that basically talks about the whole journey and exactly what I did to get rid of my symptoms and in the back, there's a whole load of uh scientific research, a lot of success stories as well of other people who I've found who've um healed autoimmune disease. Um oh, cool. Many okay. completely, many of them completely. Uh including uh Rebecca Tolin, whose primary diagnosis was chronic fatigue, as you know. Yeah. Uh, but she was also diagnosed with um Hashimoto's. Right. Uh, so you know,
0: yeah. yeah, okay.
1: Interesting. And yeah, she very kindly wrote a 2,800 word contribution. Cool. Um, and then Ozzy's in there, of course, and there's several others. And what mm-hmm. else have I got in there? Yeah, um, just a lot of um, a lot of research and some ideas about mind body. And um,
0: and I will put the link will, to the book. I also show la- lay it. out.
1: Yeah, I also lay out my kind of uh, philosophy on this. See, I um, I basically think that behind this whole pain as a distraction thing is um, an archetype. Uh, Jung set out the theory of archetypes. There's kind of inner personalities um that control people's behaviour without them realising, mm-hmm. from unconscious. And um, I would say that this these symptoms are basically um. The activity of uh, the deceiver archetype, which is basically the the role of the deceiver archetype is to distract from the unconscious and the unpleasant emotions and truths in the unconscious through various distractions, through uh, pain, fear, desire, ambition. And it, it tends to root people in the physical and distract from spiritual and unconscious factors. And so basically the idea is whenever I got a symptom, I would think, oh, this is just a deceiver trying to distract me. I personified it and that helped. Okay. It's kind of like an inner devil type figure.
0: Okay. And so then how would you treat that distraction?
1: Well, if first of all, just recognizing that it is um that it is the activity That is a distraction um that it is a distraction that it's trying to divert your attention away from um unpleasant things in the unconscious um really and and that it is just the deceiver trying to distract you I mean, that would be one and then the other thing would be uh just to try and increase belief that it is um that you that you can recover. And um yeah, and, and one of the main things, uh, especially for Christians, is this kind of divine bargain. You know, I mean, these things work. I mean, you had something similar in you. You um you prayed for help and you asked and you received, if I understand correctly.
0: Yeah, yes. Yep. I I mean,
1: yeah. Yeah, it works. And I do think that is. Part of the a big part of the reason why both of us had the confidence when we found Sarno to just keep going and ignore all the distractions thrown at us.
0: Yeah, you know, there's a lot of people people talk about um your relationship with your symptoms in many different ways. And some is just like to say, no, this is fear. I'm not buying into it. Um, another is to talk to it like it's a, a child that's scared and we need to be loving and compassionate and um and uh almost say to the child there's nothing to be scared of it's just my body i'm safe um so I'm, so it sounds like to you it was more like i'm not buying into this i'm no longer giving the deceiver any t- attention
1: oh, yeah i'm war. going to
0: live my yeah. life
1: yeah yeah it was it was a war uh it was a war for attention and uh i, I just ignored it like the classic sano approach but you know I, I respect other approaches work i mean there's plenty of evidence for that everywhere um and I think the key, the common denominator across all the approaches is that nobody's in, in the mind-body field is encouraging you when you get a symptom to just absolutely freak out and panic, you know, yeah. and get frustrated and furious. No. Nope. So with the idea of like accepting the symptom, listening to it, observing it, you're, um, it's almost as if there's an annoying person trying to get your attention and you're just calmly you're not getting angry at them you're not getting provoked you are just sort of calmly saying, oh that's interesting
0: yeah and, uh,
1: you know and so it yeah it does kind of work it, it nullifies the distraction strategy to a to a, a good degree because you're not you're not overreacting
0: yeah,
1: yeah. um you're, you're not reinforcing uh by getting extremely scared yeah so uh, there's there's some common ground with the different approaches, and that nobody's nobody in this field is encouraging you to catastrophize and spiral basically
0: absolutely I agree. absolutely not. there's there are different approaches as to how to not fear the symptoms mm-hmm. and they look and feel slightly different. but all of them encourage less freaking out, less fear, less less yeah. fear. Yeah, yep, yeah, you know there uh, there's a lot of people that push back on this idea that, TM, well, when they're first introduced to TMS, it can feel unattractive to realize my symptoms are a product of fear, um, and we just don't like to acknowledge that. But it is, in truth, yeah. the very thing that it is. Yeah, mm. it's just masked as it's masked as something else. That if we're going to go with your analogy of the deceiver. He is very deceiving. And he calls some of those personality traits that you're talking about. He calls them good. And then we buy into them. And
1: yeah, yeah. I mean, the idea is this little voice is like, if you don't listen to me, you're something terrible is going to happen. Yeah. I'm trying to keep you safe. And that's the, that's... Lie fear. Yeah. the lie of fear. The lie of fear yeah. is that I'll keep you safe. When actually it creates the very thing you're afraid of. Absolutely. And, you know, and those personality not, not traits. Inside the body either. Say you know,
0: that last part again.
1: Not just inside the body. So I mean, say if you fear a certain type of person and um that that pattern and, and obsess about it, paradoxically, you, you're going to get sucked into those kind of patterns again and again, yeah, even with external factors ve- through the very act of trying to avoid it
0: absolutely it, it's it it's is. not just
1: a, an interior thing it's no fear is a, is a self-fulfilling prophecy
0: mm-hmm i absolutely agree with you and um yeah and so taking those fears and saying i'm i'm not i'm not scared of you
1: yeah just recognizing that it's a load of nonsense yeah but that it, that it is an attempt to just distract you and it's not necessarily going to happen it's not going to happen it really yeah. helps calm help calm me down um yeah that was that was helpful
0: I agree. Okay. Um so if people want to get a hold of you or contact you how would they do that?
1: Well, um I've got my website now. Um okay. it's not the fanciest website, but it does the job. Uh, okay. Robert robertanders.com and it should come up on on uh, search engines. Okay. And uh, yeah, like I said, I do a bit of mind body coaching so you can if you want you can book a consultation and the books on amazon um so if you type mind solution the the mind solution or even sano into um amazon that should come up on the first page somewhere
0: okay and i will put all those links in the show notes yeah, so people can just oh I, I do have um... another
1: book here which is a bit of christian fiction christian. okay uh the the son of christ it's called
0: the son of christ yeah oh okay is that on amazon too
1: yeah that's on amazon and uh it's about a man who has uh terminal cancer and uh basically the doctor's given three months left to live and he he is he prays to christ he's healed and then he goes christ gives him a vision and he goes on a mission to the holy land to find a lost gospel no not the holy land to um he, he goes to patmos in greece to find a lost gospel written by john the apostle
0: okay okay
1: so it's a bit of christian fiction for your christian um followers Audience. yes
0: all right cool well robert thank you so much for sharing your story and for inspiring those of those people that are still on the journey of healing um we need to hear yeah. all this stuff so thanks thank so much yeah All right, everybody. Bye, and I'll see you next week.